Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Finnovate podcast. We are continuing our discussions with the Finnovate Europe Best of Show winners. And joining me today, we have Mario Ciobara, the CEO of Quantum Metric. Mario, thanks for joining me. Craig, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So let's start with a high-level overview of Quantum Metric. I know your video is out there for anybody who wants to go check out the demo itself, finnovate.com slash videos. But for people who haven't had a chance to take a look at it yet, what's Quantum Metric all about? Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Quantum Metric is a continuous product design platform. It, it helps businesses iterate their digital products and channels at a faster pace. And I think the best way to share this is like imagine every team member walking in the shoes of every digital customer, making a quantified data-driven decision on, on how they can best improve that, that digital customer experience across retail, wealth, re really all, all you know, commercial, all types of banking. How do we how do we have a understandable, delightful digital experience when we're in a world where the number one branch for banks is in our pockets? How do we ensure that we're having a great experience? And in, in, in the past, it's been we could we could work with a teller, we could work with an, uh, someone at a bank and understand here's where we can improve uh, what the journey of our customers doing. Now that we're on digital, how do we get our teams to see that journey and deliver delightful experiences? Yeah, certainly it's a real challenge. And I think, you know, this is one of the things that resonated so strongly among the Finnovate Europe attendees. Um, you, you go after a problem that's really easy to relate to. You know, when you're inside your own bank's bubble, it can be really difficult to predict where customers are having difficulty. And even if you know they're struggling somewhere, it can be hard to find out exactly where they're getting stuck. Can you talk a little bit about this from the customer standpoint, though? Because while this is a product that's aimed at bankers, it's clearly also, you know, got one eye firmly planted on the customers themselves. Yeah, you know, if I look at it from the bank perspective for a second, I'll bring it back to the customer. From the banking side, you know, we have a product team, we have a dev team, an ops team, an analytics team. Of course, there's banking executives, there's a voice of customer team. There are so many parts of the organization that are, I would say the word, if you allow me to say, siloed. And, and they have a specific perspective, a specific purpose. But if you think about when you go into a branch, uh, you're working with one person at that branch. They know how to help you with your commercial loan, with your personal banking, and so on and so forth. And they can see you go across all the pieces to make you successful. And, and we've siloed that at, at the larger banks today. And it's been, it's been costing us. It's been costing us an understanding of that complete journey. And I think about it from the, the customer's perspective. Like, I don't want to, oh, let me go talk to the product people. Let me go talk to the UX people. Let me go talk to the DevOps people. Like, they just have their experience. And what we've found to be successful for these organizations is if we can get them not to talk about it from their individual team's perspective, but if we can get them to think about it simply from that customer lens, what's happening to the customer and how can we use our resources collectively across these teams to improve the digital experiences to, you know, when I pull out that, that best branch for that bank, which is in my pocket, how do I think about that customer's journey from beginning to end? What are they trying to achieve? Check a balance, transfer money, uh, make a payment, and so on, apply for a loan. How do we think about it from that customer's journey perspective? And where are the friction points? How can we make it better? So it's, it's you know, your question is like, how, how do we think about it from the customers? I, I would almost say like, how does everyone at the bank 
think about it from the customer's perspective. That's that's our goal. Sure. And no, I think we've all had that experience where you're on the phone trying to get some customer service and you get that, oh, I, that's actually not my department. I need to transfer you <laughs> to somebody else. Right. And it's one of those moments where you hear that you're like, no, this is sort of internal, <laughs> you know, you get this, uh, especially if it's happened more than once. Um, you know, if you get transferred from department to department, it's really unpleasant. And you're just like, I just want to call somebody who can help me do this. And, and I think this is where, you know, it's, it's really great that you guys are able to kind of start to, to look at the holistic journey, because this is something which you know, people are thinking about. If you look at the fintech space, we've gotten dramatically better at this over the course of the last, you know, call it five years or so that we've started to really look at omni-channel, look at this kind of unified, uh, unified customer experience as, as this goal. But it's still difficult to really determine, you know, how they all fit together and where customers are getting stuck. And actually, I, I, I've just been curious, do you have any stories you can share about incidences where a bank was really surprised when they found out where their customers were getting hung up? Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, my during this pandemic, I think it's easy to to get this connection. You know, my um, my parents are 81 and 85 years old. They're banking online. Surprise. <laughs> and so, you know, what we have expectations for a 20, a 40, 60, and 80 year old, they're going to be different in terms of what their, their, their digital savviness is. And, you know, the simplest of things can, can hold people back. So one example I have is uh, one, one of the banks that we work with, they, you know, when people would log in and open up the app, they had to, um, they had new member disclosure agreements. We've all been through this where a bunch of things right, pop right. up and uh, you've got to agree to them. Well, it turns out uh, for one of our customers, when they launched that, the disclosure button, the accept button, the X out of this, and let's, let me get to what I wanted to do, didn't work. Oh, no. Uh, it didn't work on, on certain size devices, right? Like the X is like off the screen. Yeah, and yeah. How do you find out about this, right? Because you know what happens when this happens is, you know, um, you've got a certain device and you've tested it, of course. And, you know, you, you call into the call center and say, I can't get past this disclosure, the, the call center rep says they pull out their device. Oh, I see that same disclosure. You just press the X at the top, <laughs> you know, and, right, and it's, right. that, it's that conversation of it works for me, right? Um, it doesn't work for the other person because their device is different and so on and so forth. So how do you get that visibility in an aggregate way and know, oh my gosh, 12% of our customers can't press the X button. Yeah. And so that's something that we were able to detect automatically. We see people, um, you know, kind of getting frustrated. They're what we call rage tapping the screen, right? So it's kind of like the elevator situation. You press close and you, know, you press the elevator, the elevator doesn't show up, you press close, and it doesn't close out, you start clicking that button over and over again, what we call rage tapping or rage clicking. And so we were able to actually alert our, our partner bank, hey, look, looks like there's a lot of frustration happening within the app right now. Um, here's what it looks like. And they were able to go address it. The, the next day, they were able to do a quick, a quick change. The next day, um, they, they dropped massively on who was rage clicking within their app or rage tapping within that app. So getting that visibility and, and making sure it's happening in real time, super valuable for, for, you know, uh, iterating and delivering your best on digital. Yeah. And of course, the more frustrated customers get, the less likely they are to really share concrete information about what's happening. If you're mildly annoyed, you can say, Hey, I'm on this page. It's not working. Can you help me? If you get to the point where you're rage tapping or just, you know, kind of throwing your hands up in frustration, you're going to submit the feedback that just says, this is terrible, you know, without really elaborating what this is, what page you're on. And of course you get that feedback and you think, well, something's wrong, but I don't know where it is. It can be really brutal to, to try and go and track it down. 
Um, and, and of course, you know, I think we've all, again, been in that situation where you start rage tapping and it doesn't do good things long-term. It never makes it work. It even you know, doesn't really do well in terms of venting your frustration. So when you look at the long-term goal of creating happy customers, you know, what do you see as the most important thing for banks and, and the fintechs that support them to be thinking about right now? You know, we've invested in voice of customer programs. I think they're extremely valuable. I went to a bank and I said, how do you listen to your customers? And they said, oh, we have surveys. I'm like, great, what do you do with them? And they said to me, uh, well, we meet once a month and we talk about what customers have told us. I'm like, well, that's awesome. But what about the banks that are doing this every week or every day or, you know, in real time? And I think the, the best banks are thinking about how do we deliver our best on digital? They're thinking about how do I include feedback from the customers in everything they do and in real time. Because, you know, if, you, if we if we look at the best companies and businesses have iterated the products based on customer feedback. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the, the in the past, when we listened to it once a month, that it, it was good enough. And I think the demand and the, and the way that our digital markets are changing faster than they've ever done before, I've got to listen better and I've got to listen more in real time. So I think that's probably the, the biggest change is I think you know, continuous product design is, is about having a platform that helps organizations listen to customers in real time and iterate where they'll have the biggest impact. Do you think there are certain types of financial institutions that are you know, more prepared to be able to do that um, in general than others? I mean, obviously, you know, each, in, in, each financial institution is different. They're all individuals that are owned by or run by human beings who uh, are, as we all know, imperfect. But um, are there specific groups that you think are sort of more suited to be able to do this well than others? I, I think there's been a large focus in retail banking because, you know, it's, it's, the retail customer is... Also, that customer that's buying on Amazon that has that experience that's delightful, and they have certain expectations. But I think what companies are, what, what banks are realizing today is, what about the commercial, uh, the commercial customer? Uh, what about yeah. the wealth customer? What you know? So I think that there's a there's this kind of awakening that's happening in the banking industry that it's not just for the retail customer. It's every part of my business has to have the simplicity of someone like an Amazon because. When, once you set that bar, that taste of, hey, this is what simple looks like, it doesn't matter that you are or are not a retailer. Um, even our telco customers, our banking customers, everyone's realizing I have to have a great digital experience or else I'll lose my customer. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the things that I, I'm maybe you could, you could call it fortunate, you could call it unfortunate, but for better or worse, people tend to tell me about frustrations that they have with uh, various <laughs> financial services systems. And it's always, you know, amusing to me to see where they come from, you know, certain pieces that we know, industry is generally aware, we know the mortgage process is painful, we know that this is, is time consuming, and can be really frustrating for people. And, and we're certainly, you know, as, as an industry working on that, we know that the tax filing process can be a really painful one if you um, you know have anything that's sort of outside of a, a fairly narrow window in terms of what you know the the electronic systems are, are designed to be able to accommodate. And I think the one that I have been hearing quite a bit of recently, you know, to your point, this looking at business banking, looking at the sort of more institutional side of it, where for a long time, you're right, it has been forgotten. It has been something which people have allowed to fall by the wayside, but certainly, you know, massive room for improvement there. And of course, all of those businesses are, again, driven by people. They all expect a certain level of service. And as the bar keeps getting raised by these big tech companies, you know, by the Amazons of the world in terms of what's possible and people will no longer really accept something that you know, doesn't live up to their expectations. So um, I can see that we're kind of coming up on the end of our time here. I want to end with sort of a more abstract question 
you just won an award at Finnovate Europe. Uh, you're going to be doing another demo at uh, Finnovate West here coming up in a little bit. And, and I'm just curious about, the, you know, as you look at the differences in geographies, obviously, you know, Europe and the U.S. are really different markets. But even within the U.S., there's a lot of different types of people, different types of customers. Are there any differences that you've been able to see in terms of, you know, how different customers uh, where they might get stuck in a process, where they might abandon the process. And I suppose there, there's two really two different questions here. One is, where do they get to a point where they can't proceed? You know, I can't find the X to, you know, I, I'm physically incapable of proceeding, or I just no longer feel like continuing. I no longer want to see the process through. I guess those are kind of two different ways that a customer could get stuck. Yeah, I absolutely are seeing it in the different geos, whether we're talking about Europe versus US or a smaller community bank versus you know a corporate bank in in a, in a larger city, uh, I I I'd say understand like understanding the customer is is king. And when we had that physical touch, when when people would come into a bank to let's say fill out a personal loan, you could understand their hesitation when asked a certain question, and maybe you find another way around it or find another way to ask the question online. When it says what's your income level, you're either answering the question or you're abandoning. And getting that visibility to like where are people abandoning our 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 process? So you know, for a personal loan, is it it's this field or it's this step or you know what they didn't ever see? Like you said earlier, like the accept you know I accept the the terms of of this uh, this application process, whatever it might be. Understanding about that in real time, understanding that that customer, and knowing that a smaller community bank is going to have a different expectation than, than a larger, just online only bank or whatever it might be. So, and, and the same thing, you know, in, in the, in the course of, you know, Europe versus U, the U S I, I think uh, in the U S you might find people like, you know, just handing out their birth dates online on a COVID vaccination report card. Right. Or sharing them um, on social know, media. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And what you, and what you find in Europe, probably people are less likely to share their birth dates on social media. And so what information are they willing to share uh, as a customer from a customer's lens uh, in Europe and the U S and um, with ease and, and speed are, are probably different, just like it is at a, at a community bank, a larger bank. So understanding the customer and understanding where are those friction points, where are people hesitant? This is what we do with continuous product design, listening to the customer, getting visibility to where are they hesitating? Where are they abandoning? And, and just helping the, the organization iterate on that process, knowing just like you would in a physical presence, if I ask a question and that's when people leave the room, probably right. maybe stop asking that question or ask it in a different way. No, I, I think that's that's really a, a great answer there. And, and it's, it speaks to the the challenge. There's, there's a difficulty with the balance, uh, finding the balance between we want it to be you know personalized service. We want to have something that, that speaks to us. And so this sort of personalization at scale is a really... Uh, you know, clear goal for a lot of financial institutions and, and really anybody outside of the financial industry as well. But um, it's so difficult to pull off because everybody is different. But at the same time, we can find these patterns. We can find ways, you know, we, we can start to anticipate where people are going to have needs, where they're going to get stuck somewhere. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, this really just allows you to continue to improve. I think that, you know, coming back to the idea of the continuous design, you know, it's a living, breathing thing. It can respond in real time. And again, it's, it's not difficult to see why this resonated so strongly with our audience at Finnovate Europe. So 
um, you know, we'll, we'll leave it there for now. Congratulations again on winning Best of Show at Finnovate Europe. I'm looking forward to seeing the Finnovate West demo coming up here in a little bit. Um, should be slightly different. I'm already actually in in, in contact with uh, your crew for, for that one as well. And I'm excited about what's coming. So uh, for anybody who's interested in learning more about Quantum Metric, I would encourage you to check out their demo video from Finnovate Europe. Obviously, you can see them again at Finnovate Spring, another digital event. It's finnovate.com slash videos. Uh, we've been talking with Mario Ciabarra. Mario, thank you again. Really appreciate you spending the time with us. Greg, absolute pleasure. Thanks again for the opportunity. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening.